0: Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool. And before I introduce my brother from another mother, Andy Crow, I just want to give you a trigger warning for this episode. Um, I may say some things. We're going to talk about some things that may seem hard to grasp for people, offensive, or maybe offensive isn't. Well, it is an offensive topic. Um, but maybe, you know, if you have kids that are listening. You might want to screen this before you let them hear it. And I'll just say this, the, the things that I'm about to say, or that I may say in this episode, they don't necessarily reflect Andy's views. So I'm going to uh, give Andy some, i will let Andy off the hook. But Andy, what's going on down there in Kentucky? Uh, well, before I go on that,
1: a couple things. That was a way more tame hello than the last time. Um. Two, shout out for the trigger warning. And so I know what we're talking about. And so unless there's some aspect of it that I don't know, I don't know that our views differ that much.
0: Um, no, I, I don't think they do. I just think that as I've thought about what we're going to talk about, I may just be blunt on how I really feel. And I want to exonerate you from my depravity. No. Yeah, no. So, and as
1: well. um yeah, we'll get into my feelings too because, like, I it involves my job,
0: so um, yeah, you've, we'll, got, yeah, you've we'll, got skin in the game.
1: We'll uh, we'll get back to that, but let's talk about what's going on in Kentucky and today and yesterday. If you're from the area I'm from, this will make total sense. If you're not, um, look it up. I'm sure it's Googleable or something. Um, but man, it's hot, Don. Like, holy cow. Um, the oldest had football practice this week on Wednesday. It was his first ever football practice. I was super nervous because if you don't know, like, I love my kids. Man, do I love my kids. Uh, but my oldest is a head case when it comes to sports. He is an uber perfectionist. And if things do not go right, he gets mad. He, he is hard to be around and he throws fits and everybody's like, Oh, he gets it from his dad. I assure you that, yes, I am uber competitive, but he gets that from his mother (laughs) and you can laugh and I can laugh now. And in a week or so, when Dr. Wife hears this, if I go missing, speak highly of me at my, at my visual. Okay. But (laughs) Dr. Wife, man, if, she thinks she should be doing something and she can't do it the way she thinks she should be able to may God have mercy on whatever's around her. Uh, And so that's where Turner gets it. Um, And so I tell you all this to say, like, you know, we're going through practice and I tell the coach, I'm like, Hey bro. um, He doesn't know what he's doing. Um, You know, we're a baseball family. Uh, I didn't play football. I know, I know football, but I didn't play football. Uh, because I was in the marching band and he just looked at me like I kicked him in the shin. But I was You're like, not a real man. I mean, not a man because I didn't play the football. But uh, I mean, I could have been in a, a football team that went like consistently. We played the fight song when we crossed the 50. Okay. We were not a good football team. We had a good band program. And, you know, not necessarily that I um, share these views still today, but in my teenage guy head, it was like, I could shower with dudes or I could hang out with the color guard. Um, color guard wins every time, man. But anyway, I digress. Um, and so we're going through practice and he messed up two drill, uh, a drill twice. And he had to do five pushups, uh, each time he messed up. Uh, and so I was like, Oh, this is it. This is where he freaks out. This is, we're going to get walked off the field. And he didn't. He took it, came running off the field, just smiling ear to ear. So it went well. Uh, and then God loved the little one. He was supposed to have had football practice, but uh, he's sick at the moment. Him and Dr. Wife are both under the weather, Um, you know, fighting the Rona and all that good stuff. So uh, yeah, he didn't get to go. But on top of that, you add – um, when you, the last couple of days and tomorrow, if you walk outside, Satan farts in your face right away. It's so hot. <laughs> um, sorry, that was vulgar and I apologize. It is
0: just super hot. And that was not what the so, trigger warning was for. Uh,
1: no, that's a separate trigger warning that you didn't get. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's hot, Don. That's all I can say. So we've, we've canceled football practice in the last couple of days, but, uh, but no we're in the we're in the swing of it. Uh what's going on with you? What, anything new and exciting happening in uh, the
0: land of Denver? No, it's you know just plugging along. It's been hot here too, but I'm always of the I it always cracks me up. I think the average temperature for this time of year in this part of Colorado is about 90 degrees and so it's 93 and people lose their minds. <laughs> or it goes up, you know. You know, it's 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 in the mid 90s. Yeah, but people lose their minds. Like it's it's a you know we we have a high heat warning and all these uh, heat uh, weather watch days and everything. I'm like, it's two degrees more than what the average temperature is supposed to be this time of year. Why are we freaking out?
1: So, so can I tell you that people from the West Coast and and the western portion of the United States, um, and if you are from there and listening. I don't mean this derogatory, but as a young kid and even as an adult, I thought you sounded like the dumbest people in the world. And it's because, you know, Dr. Wife is always like, we should go to Arizona, Andy. I want to go on vacation to Arizona. No, it's hot. I don't want to go where it's hot. In the middle, well, you of can, shut up. Don't. No, stop. You could go, go to Flagstaff. Flag because I know, I swear on all the totally, if you say what I think you're going to say. Oh my. And so, and Dr. Wife says it all the time, and people from there say it all the time are like, but Andy, it's a different kind of heat. It's a dry oh. heat.
0: Hot as well, hot. Know what,
1: do you know what dry heat and humid heat have in common? Heat. Hot as hot. And I'm either going to sweat profusely and I'm going to have a swamp in the crotch of my pants. Did I take that too far? Maybe. <laughs> or I. My pants will stay dry and I'll walk around and just be stinking hot.
0: If having lived through both, if I have to choose, I'll choose the humidity. Your skin feels I better mean, at least.
1: I mean, moisturization. Um, I just, man, I don't, I don't like the heat. Like I want to live somewhere where, you know, I think my ideal temperature would be like 30 degrees to 70 degrees. That would be my ideal range. Like, if I could have that year-round and not be in California, I'd be all for it.
0: But I'll tell you, if you do want to go to Arizona, you could go to Flagstaff. You'll have a nice vacation.
1: Oh, she wants to go to the the thing, the hole in the ground. What do we call it? The Grand Canyon. Ah, yeah. The hole in the ground. (laughs) I want to go, look at a hole in the ground. Let a river run through it.
0: I'm a crotchety old man these days. So, since you're a crotchety old man, why don't you tell us about that fine? Speaking of, you know, hot uh, places as hot as a furnace like Arizona, why don't you talk about the fine folks at San Gagano Armory? Let's do some why don't business. I talk about the fine folks.
1: Let's take care of the business because business is good. St. Galgano Armory is the premier destination for handcrafted blacksmith merchandise. They use traditional techniques to create a unique and stunning piece, each one embedded with the spirit of St. Galgano himself. Each each item is a work of art crafted with care and with great attention to detail. St. Galgano Armory believes that quality and authenticity are paramount. That's why they use the finest materials and take pride in their commitment to traditional craftsmanship. The products are not only beautiful, but they're functional, and we have them in our offices as well. So not only do we like them because they sponsor us, we like them because it's great quality stuff. Also, a portion of all sales goes uh, to a nonprofit that give back to the community. Again, we highly recommend them, uh, and we also like to say, you know, why settle for generic mass-produced items when you can own something hand-forged and unique and help the community while you're doing it? Visit his shop at etsy.com shop slash St. Galgano Armory today and browse their selection of handcrafted blacksmith merchandise.
0: And you can check them out on Twitter and Instagram, and their handle is at St. Galgano Galgano is spelled G-A-L-G-A-N-O, and check them out again, etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. Andy, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, when we are recording this a couple days ago, a uh, a congresswoman from South Carolina went to a prayer breakfast. And she, I guess. Oh, well, that's one not of the, where I thought this was going, but all right, one, let's go. One of the early speakers at this prayer breakfast. And she decides to say how she um skipped having carnal relations with her living boyfriend fiance to go to the prayer breakfast. So she admitted to being I'm sorry, a what did you call it? Carnal relations. I don't know that I've ever heard that. I learned it from Van Halen. I don't know
1: how I feel about that.
0: (laughs) I learned it from Van Halen when I was a kid. (laughs) All right, sorry, go ahead. Fornication. But she's basically at the prayer breakfast saying how she's fornicating, says it's a joke. A lot of people laughing it off. I mean, she's there with the host of the prayer breakfast as a presidential candidate, her pastor, um, who we both met her pastor um, of a pretty large church in South Carolina. We met him in Orlando. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I've recently been to uh, one of their church plants over the last couple of weeks ago um, when I was down South and it's, you know, I I think his, this, that pastor's description of sin was in a sermon about sin, that sin is the difference between choosing the red, fast car and the black, slow grocery getter that you could lug kids around in. That's how he describes sin and making decisions in sin in the church that I visited that is part of um, this church family. But so some people have rightfully, you know, asked, called for her to repent, you know, the potential that, you know, if her pastor's there, he should have a conversation with her um, prior to Sunday, you know, this coming Sunday, right? I mean, she's, She's openly uh, talking about fornicating, and I don't think it's a a weird thing or, or rather, I should say, a rare thing, even that Christians um, are fornicating or having premarital sex or even living together, cohabitating. But I think the difference is that if you truly are a Christian and you find yourself in that way, there's some shame there. There's some repentance um, and you're definitely not going and broadcasting it to the world. <laughs> let alone with your pastor inside the room like this there seems to be like no shame with this and you know i i just i find it funny that in this day and age um you know I, I and i think it's going to bring me to my point because i think that some folks left-leaning christians are criticizing her as well but i think they only are because she has an r after her title right she's a republican and i think has she not been a republican or wasn't a conservative even though she's pretty liberal i mean she's not a trump supporter she's uh she's pretty lean on a on abortion issues she's pro-gay marriage so she kind of fits with some of the winsome folks in ministry but i think if this was somebody who was a complete anti-trump person if you will um, I don't think some of these folks would be. As I would like to,
1: to stop you real quick and make the point that we are not endorsing Trump.
0: No, but not at all. The, hard, I the, have... the
1: hardcore right tend to like him, and so that's our reference point. Uh, we are not a Trump supporting podcast.
0: Well, and I'll say this: that I I use Trump supporter as an example because the the hard left and the winsome third way pastor, if you will, now, especially where I live, are very anti-Trump. So I think if somebody, if this looked like that, if this woman looked more like an anti-Trump person, I don't think they'd care as much because these are the same folks who are sort of let people just live their lives and tell them Jesus loves them.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the the left that are, that are coming out against her it, I, I do believe it's solely propaganda based on the the leaning uh, the the political party um because they're the ones that celebrate the you know you do you boo-boo right um so it's it's shocking that they're coming out no I uh so I I've seen it on Twitter I haven't listened to it um somebody that I follow you know he, he was doing his normal third way, garbage rant against politics and, and brought that up. And so I just, I tend to stay away from those tweets because then I'll get rolled up and go on a Twitter rant. And then people like Chad and occasionally Dr. Wife or a few friends have to reel me back in and remind me that it's just Twitter uh, and to shut up. That's
0: right. It's just Twitter.
1: then I'll go back to or X, whatever we're calling it these days. Um, so then I'll go back to my sports tweets about the Braves and, and, and pro wrestling and because I'm that nerd too. But so I haven't I haven't seen a lot. I didn't even know what she said. I've seen the, the video of her talking and everybody laughing, but I I never listened to it. So uh this makes me giggle. I don't know that well, it should make me giggle,
0: but it's making me giggle. I mean, that's the funny part is they left. And I think my my point in this sort of long-winded segue that played better in my head is that we both saw a movie this week, right? We both saw Sound of Freedom. And there is some controversy around this film, right? Some of the mainstream media outlets have called this the QAnon film. It's the conspiracy theory-driven film because it's promoting uh conspiracy theories around human trafficking and and child sex slavery and and I, I just that sort of baffled me because i i I think of this you know the QAnon shaman right the dude with the water buffalo head and the makeup i don't know that i agree with
1: everything he does but i low-key want the water buffalo head if nothing else so i can say i belong to the uh flintstones fraternity i i can't remember his name his his the fact you didn't laugh at that upsets me greatly (laughs) because that was funny i don't care what you say that was funny bro
0: but i go on with your point you've hurt my feelings i don't remember his name but if you want to check out another podcast he is on one of the most recent episodes of cross politic that you can get on any of your podcast catchers or you can watch on youtube and he is not a christian but and this is where i think that some of these people that are against like Sound the freedom, or even this congresswoman, who have sort of an egalitarian or or, or left leaning ideology when it comes to to doctrine to to Christianity, they use that word evangelical, and I think that that word evangelical is is has nothing to do with Christianity anymore. It is a voting block because I think most of those folks who they're all afraid. The January sixth folks and and all this and regardless what you think if they're being punished too harshly or whatnot that's that's not my point but the ones that everybody says look at these Christians I I don't really think they're Christians and you need to watch that cross politic interview with the QAnon shaman and you will see that man is not a Christian um he is he is not a follower of Jesus he's practicing some weird stuff and definitely has some weird counterpoints to. The three gentlemen that host Cross um, they did a really good job of keeping a straight face. They're much better at this game than than I am for sure. But I think that's my point Absolutely. is what, what I'm trying to do is we get to sound the freedom is like, I don't understand why this would be a controversy to see this film. It's a controversial no, subject. I, I wanna... It's a horrible subject. Controversial isn't the word though, I don't
1: think. I think... Um... Terrifying comes to mind, I think heartbreaking. Uh, but I don't know what about the sex trafficking conversation, whether it's child trafficking or adult trafficking, I don't know what about that is controversial because I I just don't get it. And so I wanna start off uh my my portion of this introduction. Um I'm just saying that it's there's nothing controversial about it it is the only viewpoint to have on this is that it is a horrible horrible thing in a deprived world that there and how um it's being politicized and it's just this conspiracy theory like this happens every day. I have stats to back it up um I have experiences. Uh, to, to back it up it, it is it is ridiculous to say that it's not a big deal or that it's not happening as much as we that movie makes it out to say or it's just a shot at this or that there's and, and we'll get into it here in a minute but and i may be spoiling some thunder but there is not a political statement in that that leans right or left i i beg you to find one
0: no, I, I agree with you. The,
1: the, sole, the sole purpose of that movie is to point out um, a great travesty that is going on within the world. And it has nothing to do with Republicans or Democrats. Uh, and if a certain party is leaning, you know, a certain party leaning is that upset about this movie, it almost makes me wonder what they have to hide. Um so you can call me a conspiracy theorist all you want but as a father as a man as someone who has worked with with kids and teenagers for years if this movie gets you so riled up and you're so convinced that it's a conspiracy theory what what kind of skeletons are you
0: hiding well i think you need to check your heart too because i think that quite possibly maybe you don't have skeletons but you're drinking the kool-aid that you know we're seeing this right the 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 softening of pedophilia of pedophiles like that's a derogatory term you know now we're supposed to use things like minor attracted persons and stuff like that and we're trying to see this mainstream thing and and you know and i'll and i'll say the controversial (laughs) statement right that's what the plus has always been about I think in the, in that world under the rainbow, the LGBTQIA2S+, I think the plus includes pedophiles. I've made Andy silent. (laughs) But we don't want to talk about that. You know, and, and, and the thing is, that's, Do we need to time out? No, we're good. Um
1: I was not ready for that. That caught me off guard. That's a it's a hot take, my friend. Um it is a hot take, but that's but that's one that, that we can discuss. That that's something we can discuss at a later later point. Um but I want to stick with this because I've said it for years. Um and I, I've jokingly told friends, like, I'm so glad I have sons. Not that there's nothing to worry about with having sons. Um, I have two awesomely beautiful young, young boys. Um, but I think, like, if you look at society over the last 20 to 25 years, um, we have completely sexualized the generation. Um, If you look at the clothes that we're putting on on little girls and and young girls and teenagers, um, you know, there is no reason that a little girl who's eight, nine, ten years old should be wearing shorts that barely cover her butt. That being said, there's no reason that a woman or a teenage girl should be wearing shorts that short either. There's no reason to sexualize stuff and you can come at me all you want with, I should be able to wear whatever I want and be comfortable. Absolutely. You should be able to be comfortable, but there has to be enough decency in society that the, because you're comfortable in the way that you, your body is that you should have to flaunt it in public. And i and so I want to get off the adults right now and want to go back to the kids. Like we've sexualized a generation. And I'm gonna let's go away from the clothes. Let's look at uh, the uncles and everything that that come in and, and go to their nephew or their son. I'm like, oh, you got you know, and they're in kindergarten, first grade, and I'm guilty of this. Oh, you got a girlfriend? What's her name? Oh, you're you're a pretty little girl. Like I bet I bet you're beating the boys off with a stick. You know, just stupid crap like that. But then, like y- you step back and look at that, and it's like well, that's pretty stupid to say, right? And so Morning. we do that, and, and 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 don't mean anything by it. But if you look at the the thing behind it, it's it's subliminally, if you will. Um, did I say that word right? We're gonna pretend. Yes. We're gonna pretend. I like did. It. You did. Oh, look at that like we're we're telling kids that you can't just be kids anymore. I remember when I was a kid, I would have my, my grandmother when I lit, when we lived with her out on uh, in Hartford, um she had a pool and it was it was the greatest thing ever cuz I'd just go swimming whenever as a kid and then I had had a friend, uh Jessica up the road, like one of my one of my best friends in kindergarten. Um her and her sister would come over and go swimming with us all the time. And you know what I never thought about? The fact, what kind of bathing suit she was wearing. We were just playing in the pool. Or we were running around the yard riding bikes. Never thought anything. But nowadays, you know, kids don't have the benefit of just being kids. Adults and older teenagers, but mostly adults, are are stealing that innocence by throwing crap at them. with Like, oh, you got a boyfriend yet? Oh, you got a girlfriend yet? Why not? Or, you know, your son comes home. And again, God, I'm guilty of this, and I feel horrible for it looking back. You know, your son comes home and starts talking about this girl that he's friends with running around the playground at school. And you're like, oh, is it your girlfriend? Never once crossed his mind. But boys and girls in school, they just can't be friends. There's got to be something more to it. And adults put kids in adult situations that they don't need to be in. We've sexualized a generation, which has led to an even bigger problem that this movie illustrates with child trafficking, where we're kidnapping kids, making them dress and take pictures that are provocative, and we're selling to some sleazeball to do whatever. And I think the one quote that I can remember from the movie that has stuck with me and has has chilled me to my core was the child trafficking and sex trafficking is getting so much worse than drug trafficking because you can sell whatever you call uh, a thing of Coke, right? An eight ball or whatever. You you can sell sell that one time, time. but a kid, a five-year-old kid, you can sell that five times a day for the next 10, 15 years.
0: Well, and I think what and you're so, saying is, yeah, go ahead. Because now I'm just gonna no, get mad and rant. I, I I think what you're saying is true, and I, I also think it goes hand in hand with how we've legitimized pornography. Pornography is is mainstream in our culture. There are things today that we watch on television which would have been pornography, you know, even twenty or twenty five years ago, and and things that were illegal, as far as pornographic images were twenty or twenty five years ago, are now mainstream. In pornography, I can and remember, I think
1: I can remember with that point. I can remember sitting in my grandparents' living room when I was six, seven, eight, nine years old, and when two pe- people would kiss on TV in prime time, I would go, I would just be appalled and would cover my eyes and would make my grandmother cover my eyes, and Papa would tell us when it was done. And nowadays, like. If all they're doing is kissing on TV, we're lucky because primetime television now is
0: garbage. Well, and and you're seeing worse than that on shows that are geared towards kids, you know, on Disney and and other streaming services. But you think about the sexualization of a generation, I'd say it even goes back even, it's it's at least two, if not more than that, because let's look at Britney Spears. Britney Spears, some 20 some odd years ago, starts she's a child i don't know what she is 15 years old and she's in very provocative clothes singing some bubblegum gum a lace sexually outfit. sexual girl outfit right sexually laced lyrics in songs that are written by 40 year old men who have lolita fantasies like they and then, they you, sexualize her yeah yeah those little girls who may have you know, who are now moms, because they're, you know, in their mid 30s now. So those little girls who looked up the Britney Spears, their dads were taking them to concerts watching Britney Spears gyrate around in little outfits, and she was programmed and created by men and adults. And so I think this is something that's pushed as entertainment. And like I said, the I think the legitimization and, and look, and look pornography, where that's
1: got her. Like, if you want to use her as that example, look where that's got her. Because her mental health is not great, and she's gone through it over the last few years. Sure. Well, a few years is is a light way to put it. but So,
0: but, but if, I, you know, I, I, go ahead. No, I think that desire for pornography and things like that. And I go back to, I think about the fall of Sodom and Gomorrah when when the men the townsmen went to lot because they wanted to have sexual relations with the angels right and and i think in in most of the translations it's like you know we want to we want to be with those men but if you look at some of the variation in the hebrew it really is we want to have strange flesh we want to experience strange flesh and so i think that those desires Right. Our appetites. And, and we see in this film and, and there's a, a tagline or a, a title card at the end of the film. And I think this is these are verifiable statistics like d- drugs. The United States is the largest consumer, for lack of a better term, of child sex traffic. Um, we have this Absolutely. we have a we have a completely depraved appetite for everything when it comes to excess and sex as a society. And so we so nothing could be normal anymore. So anything has to go to the extreme now to the fact that even the one character in the film, and I know it's based on a true story, he he has a catalog and he's a pornographer and all this stuff with these with these kid images. But he doesn't necessarily he he lays the claim that he doesn't partake in it wholly. It's just a fantasy for him. Right. Right. But even that 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 fantasy's depraved it's not what God intended for us as uh you know for for sexual desires right sexual desire, our sexual desires between one man, one biological man and one biological woman in a marriage, right you should have a sexual desire for your spouse right and 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 you should and it's okay, and it's good, right God made it, and it was good. it's not supposed to be outside of those arenas. it's definitely not supposed to be uh with children of any age or regardless if it's boys or girls and this this sort of perpetuation now that it's okay they can make these choices they should be able to make choices and you see books in schools you know where there's you know grown men with with young children and saying well it's okay and showing them how to touch themselves and touch each other and all this stuff and it's like then those books are read back to the school board meetings and they're told you can't say these things at the school board meeting they're disgusting and you're going to be removed yeah. but yet it's okay it's okay to be it's okay to be in the libraries and and i'm going to quote something that that's used in the film but luke 17 too right if it would be better for a man if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea that for him to cause one of these little ones to stumble Right. You should be put to death. You should be put to death if you're fornicating with a child, if you're raping a child, if you're molesting a child. And I will say, full disclosure, I was molested as a child. I was molested as a child. And I was I was almost abducted as a child by a man who wanted to told me things he was going to do to me when I was about 10 years old. And he tried to take me and I fought back. Like this stuff isn't just new. I was 10 years old a long time ago.
1: Yeah, because
0: you're, you're old. So, also, I'm, I'm
1: going to peel back the curtain a little bit. I have been very cautious about what I say about my job. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I think I've been pretty open. Like, I, I work for the, the Commonwealth of Kentucky and I'm a probation and parole officer. Um, but the caseload that I deal with um, are sex offenders. Um I I supervise uh and and I may if I may be so bold, Keith, um the, the gentleman who owns St. Galgano Armory and he is the owner, operator, and uh blacksmith there, uh, and, uh weaponsmith or whatever, bladesmith. He is he is my partner uh at the office, so he also supervises sex offenders within our district. Um and so you can sit there and think, we'll use my my area, right from Backwood Kentucky, well, the western part of Backwood, Kentucky, right Small towns, most everybody knows everybody. Uh, the town that I live in is maybe 60 to 80 thousand people. in the grand scheme of thing that's not very big. The town I'm from um, I'm, I'm from McHenry, Kentucky. Um, There are no stoplights in that town. And if you blink, you miss it. The county itself, like the main drag of the county, has maybe one, two, no more than six, if I'm not mistaken, stoplights. Like, very small rural town, okay? Um, you and you can think to yourself, well you know we're from this small town, everybody everything's safe I just you know and I, I'm not saying this to, to to make you fear now it has it has made me question the way I parent it's made me question what I let my kids do and and don't do without me um but you would think oh in this small town like I've seen things in the last almost a year that I've been doing this things that have shook me to my core. whether it's people who have actually done something to children or whether it's just the pictures, where they're getting pictures of, of child pornography and and holding up to it and all of that. And it, it happens. Like, sure, it, you're going to hear about it in the bigger cities, like New York and L.A. <clears throat> and those those bigger cities. You're going to have it. But it's small town USA where you're going to get most of those kids or where you're going to see those pictures show up more prevalently, right? Because it's this little Midwestern town or this little Southern town. We're not expecting it from that. You expect it from the big cities because that's where all the bad stuff happens. You don't expect it from, from the heartland, from the South, because we're all country gentlemen. Right? Southern Bells. But it's rampant through here. I I have gone through in every one of my caseloads. I have read the crime story. Um, I have friends who who teach this this rehabilitation class. Um, that the state mandates, the Commonwealth mandates that they take. And so I have friends that, that teach that. And and we've become pretty close within the last six months. Um, And, and they have to read these crime stories as well. And we all have young children and knowing what these people done. So, and then I have the daunting task and and they have the daunting task uh, because we all Follow the same God and the same principles, and having to to know what they've done and still show them the love of Christ. And so I I fight every day with pushing my emotions and my my sinful side down, right, to show them grace and love, the grace and love of Jesus, and while helping them to reintegrate back into society society, and not do something stupid. So I, I sit there every day and I read these stories and I know what these people have done. And then I come home every day and I see my, my two little boys and my oldest is like, dad, I want to go right around the neighborhood and hang out with my friends. And it tears me up. And so you know, we've put parameters in place. We're like, hey, you got to check in with us. And when he doesn't check in, like, my heart instantly sinks. And I know that he's at his friend's house. And he just didn't ask their parents to text his parents. But knowing, you can't unsee what I've seen. Right? You can't unread what I've read. You can't unhear what I've heard. And so your mind goes to the darkest spot. And so I remember, and I I say this, like it was a long time ago. I went and saw this movie last Saturday, right? The wife and kids were, were on vacation, visiting family. I couldn't get off work um, last weekend and and earlier this week. And so I didn't go. And so last Saturday I had some, some free time. No last Sunday, excuse me. Uh, I had some free time. um, And so I went and saw the, this, the sound of freedom. And I said, it was a pretty full theater, which shocked me. Um, but I sat, and there was a few couples around me, and then it was a big church group. And so I sat around a group of guys, and I I sat there with these men whom I didn't know. And we really didn't speak. We nodded each other because we knew we were there for the right reason. right? And we just sobbed watching this movie. Because one, it's a horrific thing. The story that of what these these two main characters had gone through is is heart-wrenching and and so that's enough to to break your heart and make you want to cry but then to know how prevalent it is here in my hometown right to know how prevalent it is in our society and and that we're moving towards a society Where it's either looked upon as okay, or it's looked upon as well, we'll just sweep it under the rug. I had someone tell me um, in a work capacity, now they no longer work for the company um, that they worked for when they told me this, but they said, you know, how would you react if someone told you you couldn't have sex with your wife? And I said, excuse me? And they said, yeah, you're attracted to your wife. What if somebody told you you couldn't have sex with them? You wouldn't like that. What if they told you that you, if you you being attracted to your wife was, was wrong and unnatural? Like, you'd be pretty upset about that. Well, that's how these people feel when you tell them they can't have sex with a kid um, or that they're wrong for being attracted to that. And I just kind of sat there for a second. And then if you know me at all, you know, sometimes I don't think before I speak. Um, and even now, when I repeat this, if if and when Dr. Wives hears this, I'm going to get in trouble. But my response to them was, yeah, my wife tells me I can't have sex with her all the time. I just roll over and go to sleep. Like I don't do anything illegal or stupid. I just deal with it. But it's not illegal for me to find my wife attractive. Right? It's not, Ill- it, it, well, immoral, I guess I should say. Um, but it's not a, it's not illegal for me and my wife to do that because that is a very, it is God-ordained thing. But we've bastardized it by making it what it is today. And I don't know how as a society more people aren't outraged and more people aren't taking a stand and more people aren't doing something about it. Uh, the, the person that I thought about immediately after watching the movie and I'd never heard of the gentleman that the, the movie is about the, the Homeland Security officer that quit his job to do this. First of all good on you sir because that, that's that's a phenomenal story and testimony um, but the guy that I thought about was Adam LaRoche uh, he was a former first baseman for the Atlanta Braves. Shout out Braves you know I love him um, but he played for the Braves and the Pirates I think Maybe another team. But anyway, he quit baseball early. He probably had five five or six more years. And he quit. And now he runs sting operations to break up human trafficking rings for bo- uh, both kids and adults. And has helped rescue. Like, he himself has, has gone. He's part of some agency now. And he goes in and, and literally physically rescues kids and, and adult women. That are kidnapped and trafficked. And um, so and I... he is—he has rescued countless of people. And so stories like that need to be made mainstream, instead of just sweeping this under the rug. Because I don't care how small of a town you live in, it's there. Society isn't getting better. It's—it's it's not going back to the way it was in the thirties, and the forties, and the fifties. And to be honest, I don't know how good it was then either but these stories have got to be told and they've got to be taken serious and you've got to realize that it's happening in your
0: town. And while you're not, you're not exactly on the front line, let's say in this no, no. day-to-day work, but you are on the second line. I would argue that you're, you're, you may not be on the front line of this, but you are on the second line to make, to, to help ensure that your, clients don't repeat right and go down this this Absolutely. trail right to Absolutely. keep them in line. so so i would say you're on the second line for sure um but what i mean i i think everybody should see this movie right to open up their eyes to kind of what's I mean it's just it's heartbreaking and, and devastating to watch and it's not a good it's a it's a very well done movie but it's not a good movie like you're not going to feel good about it you're probably going to be you're not uh, tear stained I
1: think the the warmest you feel is when the kids get returned like there's the happy ending but that happy ending is immediately killed uh, I don't want to spoil anything but the kids go home um, but there's some trauma god there's trauma But you're immediately hit with, okay, so these two get a happy ending. At a cost. At at a cost. But what about the other kids? Right? Like, there are so many others that don't end up with a good ending. And let's say that they do get returned, but there are, you know, you know, as well as I know, when something's on the internet, it doesn't come down. And so these pictures get on the internet and sure, they may take it off of this site or that site or this dark website, but it'll pop up on another one. And so then these kids are re-victimized over and these women, these grown adult women and men that are in on it as well, like just re-victimized over and over. And so this is something that as Christians, we have got to be praying about we've got to be praying for those who are on the front lines fighting we're going to be praying for those who are on the second and the third lines um trying to deal with this we have to pray for the actual victims first and foremost and then unpopular opinion man we have to pray for the perpetrators too yeah absolutely pray that their hearts would be softened and we we pray that they find uh they find out who Jesus is and they they seek that repentance And not a repentance that I can give or you can give or the victims can give, um, you know, but I I said repentance, I meant forgiveness. Like they seek repentance and not a forgiveness that you, I, or the victims can give, but a forgiveness that comes through the grace and mercy of Christ. And that they would see the error of their ways that they would turn and then they would begin to fight against
0: it as well. Because I mean, it without ultimately,
1: without prayer and without Christ, it, nothing is going to stop.
0: Right, because ultimately the the hope for the future is Christ. Right, is is the return, Absolutely. Jesus' return, and, and puts an end to all this, all this just disgusting evil. Um, but what can we do? Like, how, what do you think? How how can people get involved in fighting this? I mean, I you mentioned prayer. I think prayer is a great thing to pray for these kids to be set free to pray for the perpetrators to, to pray for the, the ones who are the, I don't know what the right word is. The consumers of this, the ones who are paying to, to have sex with these kids, the ones who are paying to watch you these know, things.
1: I, yeah. I just, you know, so I have, I have a list of, of, of clients, right. Um, And I, I pray over that list daily and weekly right the generic prayer over it you know over the whole list but then individually i pray for those people um especially like so i have specific days that i meet with them and so i you know i i pray for them on the day that i know they're coming in by name um so i think prayer is is a specific thing um there are different coalitions that you can if you feel so led and you're you're able to give, there are coalitions you can give to, financially. Um, and I think if I if I maybe I don't know there it talks about that a little bit at the end of the movie. Um, but I mean, you can you can look it up. I think Keith actually gave to a coalition that was one of his his nonprofits he gave to for a little while.
0: Yes. Um, it for, stops human the coalition, it stops human trafficking in LA.
1: Yeah. Uh, he at one point gave to the coalition to abolish slave slavery and trafficking. Um so that's one yeah you know, that, that Keith has given to. And by proxy, we've given to because we, we bought from him when he did that. Um so there are ways to volunteer i don't i wish i could tell you what they were i probably should have done my research before we did this um episode but i i didn't on this aspect but there are are ways you can volunteer um and one of the ways i can tell you um foster parents okay there is not a state in this nation who doesn't need more good foster parents right Um, And I say good, because sometimes it's the foster parents that are doing the acts, Um, or or they're in it for the money, which there's not a lot of money in foster care. So I don't, I don't know what you're thinking. Um, But you can volunteer to love these, these babies, right? And I'm going to use the word baby for, for all age of kids, because when you get to be our age, like every, they're, they're babies, uh, you know they don't deserve what's happening to them. So you can give financially, yeah, you can you can pray. Those are great tangible things, but you can you can also foster, right, and work with those families. I you know, doctor wife and I have fostered in the past, um, and we stated that we got into it for generational change, and so we didn't just have a relationship with the kids that were placed in our care. We had a relationship with the family that they came from right when when the foster kids that we had originally the the first group that we had um when they, when when those kids mom and dad got married i'm the one that married them i did the wedding ceremony i helped find jobs and this isn't to pat myself on the back don't don't hear that right but get into it for the right reasons because you can make an impact. Men. Men, hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. You can make an impact on your community. Find a young dad who's struggling. And if you don't know where a young dad that's struggling is, open your stinking eyes. Right? When I when we first had our, our oldest, I wasn't young. I mean, I was 28, 29 years old. But man, I struggled. I'm 38 now. I still struggle. Right? But find a dad and just come alongside him and be that support. Be a positive influence. Help him out. Ladies, be there for the young moms. Be there for the families. I assure you that it is not just your pastors and the church Who should be reaching out to people. And making sure they're okay. Because the people that are going to struggle the most. Aren't the ones that are going to come to the pastor. And go hey we're struggling with X, Y, and Z. Can you help me? Most people don't want you to know they're struggling. And they're going to be the ones that act like everything's okay. Because they've learned to deaden it. And just get through the day to day. So start looking. Start being Proactive in your church. Start being proactive in your neighborhood. Volunteer, coach a sports team, and then keep your eyes open for the for the subtle hints that something may not be right. And if you get that feeling deep down in your gut, report it. Right? Maybe everything's okay. Nothing happens to you for reporting it. If it's a if it's an honest report, right? You're not doing it out of spite. But though, I mean, those are some simple ways. I say simple fostering is not simple at all. But those are some simple ways that that you can that you can tangibly make a difference in this area. The other thing is, stop watching porn.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that if you're a user of pornography, stop right now. So, just stop watching pornography. Stop going to sex clubs, strip clubs. Stop. Like, stop. Get on your knees, ask God to forgive you, ask the Spirit to take away that lust from you and stop using pornography. And I'll recommend this. And then you can go on. I'm not a fan of his theology anymore since he's deconstructed. But Ray Ortland wrote a book called uh, Death of Porn, or yeah, The Death of Porn Men of Integrity Building a World of Nobility. It's a small book written as letters from him, from Ray Ortland to the reader. And I I think it's, it's a book that I would say it's geared towards men and men should read it. But since porn is a big thing for women now as well, I think women should read it as well. But I think you need to stop. I don't think you need, you have to stop using porn.
1: Absolutely. So, and and I I think what I'm going to say isn't going to be controversial um, because porn has become such a a mainstream thing. Most men, have struggled with that in the past. Right? I I would say 90% and I really think that's a low number of men have had some sort of issues with porn in their life. Um and I I, I can assure you that I am no different. I have struggled with that in the past. Um And so and, and that's for a whole nother episode, but The the struggle is real, but if you look at one of the main distributors on the internet right now, and I'm not even going to say their name, um, but I think we all know who I'm talking about, a good chunk of the videos that they're pushing either have trafficked women in it or are portraying sexual acts on kids or rape fantasies or things like that. And while they may be adults that are being the actors in those, it's portraying children. What are we doing as a society that we're endorsing this and we're saying it's okay? I, I, I can say with all honesty, that my heart has broken and grieved over this nation so many times since I really started taking my faith serious. But no more than when I became very aware of this, and I'll call it an epidemic, that we're struggling with with our society, with the sex addictions and the sexual fantasies of kids and this exploitation of of kids and helpless individuals, uh, those who aren't able to give consent. Like my heart breaks every day, knowing that somebody's baby is being subjected to what they're being subjected to, and that there are grown men and women doing everything in their power to avoid getting caught, but making sure this industry goes. Well, I think some states- It is a a heart-wrenching thing.
0: There's a handful of states that have passed laws now for um, ID verification for pornography sites. So then I think Virginia, the state of Virginia is the most recent one. And so some of these major pornography site operators, they just withdraw from that state. And so if you're in that state, if you have an IP address and while from Virginia, while that's a
1: while that's a step in the right direction, right. I it's mean not it can be done
0: no no but it's a it's a stop. really good step if every state in the union it's did a start it.
1: it's a step yeah. yeah i mean it's a step it's a baby step but man and uh, unfortunately like i could talk on this for hours um i don't know how much more i could say without getting in trouble at work and i may have already gone too far uh but i mean as a dad um, as as a as a pastor who has worked with students uh, and kids for the last however many years, I've done it. This just hits really. This movie hits so close to home. Between the fact that I've worked with with students and children for years, and families for years, the fact that that now I do what I do. I, you know, and when, when I talked to you about me going to see it and then you said, Hey, I think I'm going to go see it too. And then we can talk about it on the, on, on the podcast. Like that just, it, it, it made me feel like I smiled a little because like, like finally I can, I can say some stuff. Um, and then I, you know, and then you put the trigger warning and yeah, it's probably not the episode that you let your kids listen to. Um, But man, you've got to be, you've got to be watchful and you've got to be prayerful. I don't know what else to say. And I could, again, I could keep going on this, but I'm just going to ramble. So I'm going to turn it back over to you.
0: Hmm. Well, I, I mean, I do, I, I'll say this, and I think you you think the same, you would probably feel the same way. I, I think if you can go see this film, you should go see this film while you still can. Um, if money is an issue, I know Absolutely, that the, yes. there's a website you can go to for this film and you can request a, a free ticket. I know that I, I went and saw this movie. I went and purchased two tickets so somebody can go see this movie for free. So there is an option that you can go see this movie for free. You don't even have to pay for it. I mean, this money's this movie's made money, which it, you know I, I think ultimately is the goal. is 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 a great thing because the more money that this movie makes, the fact that it beat Indiana Jones, the latest Indiana Jones movies for a few days, that's a a telling sign that. You know, this isn't just some conspiracy theory movie or something, some kind of made up thing. And and, I, and I'll go as far as, you know, to c- piggyback on the pornography thing. And if you have kids that use sites like Discord and Reddit and those things, those are some of the biggest purveyors of pornography in the planet and child pornography that, and, and that was pornography.
1: That was the other thing I was going to bring up, man, is is if your kids are on the Internet, uh, which my oldest is starting to be, you have to be vigilant. Have to be vigilant. We have a rule um, that the computer that, that my kid uses and then like when he has a school computer during the school year, uh, those don't go upstairs. You're down in the main living area of the house. Uh, maybe not in the living room where where everybody else is, but you're down on the main level to where I can see what you're doing, whenever I want. Um, and when it comes to video games, like we don't talk to people we don't know. So if somebody starts talking to you and you don't know them, they're not your friend. Uh, you don't talk to them. You're not being rude. You're doing what I've told you to do. Um. But, yeah, you've got to be as a parent, man, you have to be vigilant and and for the people that are listening to this show with kids, I'm not telling you something you don't already know um and and maybe you think I'm an overprotective psychotic dad. and maybe I am, but I just I've seen on the other side, man, and it's not it's not pleasant.
0: no, and what these people do is it, it's not just the I'm snatching a kid off the street. Um, a lot of times they groom these kids. They put time in, you know, that you may maybe it's a kid who has a job or a kid who they see at the park and they watch them and they become their friends and they, they know their mannerisms. They study their psychology. Um, You know, in the film, the woman basically grooms the, the one little girl because she knew she, she had a, a beautiful singing voice and saw her singing and knew that that would be a way to put her heartstrings and to, you know, she would be an entertainer and to, she knew that she'd get her father to say yes to come to this audition. Um, they put time in, and so be aware of who your children's friends are. And it isn't it start; it can start on the internet, but it's happening in real life as well. Um, I've heard stories of kids when I was a youth pastor who worked, you know, at a coffee shop after school, and this person went to this coffee shop for months and befriended them, and before they knew it, they had them believing that their family hated them, and they took them halfway across the country and forced them into prostitution mm-hmm. it's not just the i'm snatching this kid you know those those are those are real as well but it isn't just always the the abduction The you know the amber alert amber alert inducing abduction is this is a slow slow process and then these kids look like runaways
1: absolutely it's it's heart-wrenching all the way around i don't i don't know any other way to describe it
0: i mean i'll tell you this if if you're going to go see this movie uh thinking well it's a christian movie and you're going to be upset that there's some foul language in it i think it's real i think in this world and if you're in that world some of these words that are said are going to be said and so i i wouldn't necessarily be too offended by that um i'm just impressed that you know tim ballard the gentleman who is the the real life um the the main focus of this movie or i guess the the lead character of this movie i, I i'm just I, i'm impressed that his his resolve and his perseverance and his control and the same i i couldn't do your job and i'll tell you this right now like i could not do your job because i would physically hurt the people that came into my office I, I couldn't do your job. I mean, I I know that I'm supposed to have the grace and be the hands and feet of Christ, but I would gladly tie those millstones around those guys' necks and throw them into the sea. Um and and by depravity, it, the only thing that would stop me from doing it is Jesus. And even then I'd probably come close. So my hat's off to you because uh I I don't have the the grace and the control that you do
1: yeah no i don't i don't see many people lining up to want my job but but yeah so on that note um let's transition to something a little more fun
0: well go Um, see sound of freedom
1: yeah definitely go see and then let us know what your thoughts are hit us up on the twitter or x whatever we're calling it these days um you know, 10, I don't know, whatever you want to call it.
0: So I like if it's, if it's going to be X, then I think we should be exegeting. You feel better about yourself? I do. That's my thing. It's we we tweet on Twitter. So let's exegete on X. Let's just make X for solely a Christian platform.
1: I, I look, I'm here for it. Um, but yeah, so if you go see it, hit us up on the Twitter, exegetus. And uh, uh, tell us what you think. Tell us your thoughts. Um, also, uh, it's, it's a big week for the Hillbilly and the Hipster. Uh, as we celebrate our one-year anniversary on August 4th. So if you are uh, a fan of the show. Or not. Or not. Um, well, no. What I was going to say... Don't jump in and act like you know where I'm going with this. If you're a fan of the show on August 4th, um, you know, go have a celebratory lunch to celebrate uh, our one year anniversary. Also if you hit us up on the Twitter uh, or the X, uh, let us know how you how and why how and why you started listening to the show and why you continue to listen um, and uh, use the hashtag tire fire because a lot of times that's what this show is uh and by using that hashtag that will get you in the uh in the running we have a few hillbilly hillbilly and the hipster shirts uh so we'll randomly select two people uh and we will mail them a hillbilly and the hipster shirt Uh, i have one chad has one um and and they're they're slimming they are slimming i don't feel as fat when i wear it And I have a fat size, I promise you. Um, But I don't feel like I look as fat. So it's all magical. (laughs) They are magically deceiving. Um, But yeah, so you too can can be a part of the tire fire uh, by tweeting at us and then hopefully getting your hands on these highly coveted t-shirts. When the Bible says thou shalt not covet, he was not talking about these t-shirts. It's okay to covet them. They are
0: awesome. Well, Andy, what's did the last just word? Did I promote sin? I think he did. You promoted sin and bad theology. That was horrible theology. You
1: know, it's okay. I think God has a sense of humor. I don't think He laughed at that, but I think God has a sense of
0: humor. You know, in his book... That's on my the last ten, word. In his book on the Ten Commandments, Thomas Watson says that when you violate the tenth, it's the worst of all because you're, you're violating all ten in one. When you covet... You're you're committing you're violating all ten commandments in one shot.
1: On another note, with the ten commandments, I was teaching Sunday school one time, in in my one of my youth groups back in Terre Haute at, at First Southern, and one of the volunteers was like, you know, there was originally fifteen commandments, right? And I, I like he caught me off guard because I'd never seen the movie Mel, Mel Brooks's Ten Commandments or whatever it's called. Um. And so, like, Mel Brooks is coming down as Moses, and he's got these three three tablets that he had chiseled the the 15 commandments in, you know, and he comes down, and he's like, God has given me these 15 commandments, and then lightning strikes or something, and he drops one of the tablets, and it shatters. And he's like, I mean, these 10 commandments. And it really just made me giggle. That's probably my favorite 10 commandments reference. There was really 15, but he broke the 11 through 15. Anyway, sorry to, to bring that up, but that was funny well, for
0: me. Well, again, check out the, the fine blacksmith merchandise at St. Colgano Armory, etsy.com slash shop slash St. Armory, and you can check them out on Twitter at St. Hit us up on Twitter at Pod. Don't forget, like Andy said, use that hashtag TireFire, tell us how you started listening, and we'll randomly take two of those tweets and send you a Hill and a Hipster t-shirt. Or you can email us at hillhipsterpod at gmail.com At the Gmail. Try it. hit us up on the Gmail. Well guys, it's been a wild ride,
1: you know, this last almost full year. Uh and I think we're gonna we're gonna put out a birthday episode, if you will, uh coming up. So you'll you'll hear from us a little later this week. But uh uh, we can't thank you enough for inviting us into your houses, your car, your office, uh, along with your, you on the walk or wherever it earbuds. is you're listening to us, your earbuds. Um, it means a lot to us. Uh, it's been a, it's something we've, we've definitely enjoyed doing. we talked about doing forever and then finally uh, did it. So we can't thank you enough for letting us be a part of your family. Um, I get texts and messages, uh, from people I know that that listen, and I'm assuming they like it because they continue to listen. Um, our our sponsor and soon to be our version of Flava Flav, um, I th- he is like the biggest hype man for the pod I've ever seen. So, so shout out to Keith, uh, and all he does to to keep us going and, and up and running. But yeah uh we say it every so often but no on the episodes that we don't say it it's not because we're not appreciative we we thank god for you we're praying for you on a daily basis as well uh and, and definitely love you guys so thanks for for letting us be a part of your week
0: amen well andy you have a good week oh yeah All right, be blessed. All right, later, guys.
1: Where's the record button to stop it?